Damn it, Nick. I love being on here with you guys, Nick and Joe. I really appreciate it. TLDR, you guys are awesome. You ready? Sure. You ready? You ready? I guess so. You ready? Yes. Uh, I'm sorry that I forgot how what to say this time. Uh, Not zero a chance in hell. Zero chance in hell. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, listeners of all ages, the Dork Shared Universe and Geeks Worldwide Radio proudly presents to you the greatest podcasting team in the world. He's the Fry Guy, Nick Fryer. I'm the backcracker, Dr. Joe, and your four-time idle hands, Stein Hoisting champion. We are the TLDR Comic Book Club, baby. Nicholas, how's it going? You know... I had an absolute blast at that thing this past weekend. It was the tenth an- the tenth annual um, Oktoberfest at Idle Hands, right? Yeah, yeah. Ten years oh. I've been there for five of them. That was, and you've and you've done the Stein every year there. Well, so, so my four recollection is four. My buddy Nick swears it's five, but I can, you know, I maybe I've missed one. Maybe I blacked out and won one, mm. um, and didn't realize it. You are that good. You know, but it was uh, it was it was good to have the support you you in my ear really helped me you know you focus and concentrate and I wanted to ask you something, Nicholas. I'm glad that helped. Other than having Jake Cronenworth take you, Yabo, how did it feel to be in the presence of greatness? Uh, I've been in. <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> you know, um, you know Jake Cronenworth is an MLB All Star, and I have you know, he's not the only MLB All Star I've played with. But um, but yeah, you're right up there with them. Reese Hoskins, John Means, Jake Cronenworth, Joe Gilbert. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. Right. You're right on that level of all those guys. I mean, I'll tell you what. Uh, we joke about it, but Joe had somebody bumping into him in the middle of the Steinhorsten competition, and I'm like talking to him, making sure he's feeling good, trying to help him out and everything because everybody's put attention on him. Look, I love Keith and I know he's trying to hype you up and everything, but he draws all this attention to you that you're the winner, like the four time winner or whatever it is. And then now you got a target on your back and Huge you, got, target. you got people like yelling at you when Joe's the only person I said, this on change of mind. Joe is the only person throughout the entirety of that contest. Cause I was watching like a hawk to make sure that you were good. So I could get here if I needed to, you're the only person that didn't shake. Sure. Did your everybody's arm like went like up and down a little bit, kind of got tired, but you were the only one who didn't go side to side. Everybody else wobbled there. So like, I was so annoyed when you get you got people chirping you, but then you get this one guy bumping into you when I check in on you. He's like, let's get this freaking guy off me. And yeah. Just, yeah, I appreciate out. that. I appreciate it. And there Unreal. was there, there was some woman who kept saying, uh, you know, I was bending my elbow. What is you fucking bending my elbow? Bullshit. Let me tell no, you. I saw I saw people bending their elbows, and I, I'll tell you what, it was ridiculous. Like it was I'm I'm talking like legit L's. There's no way. Yeah. That's why I, I got rich to get one of them out at one point. It was absurd. Yeah, yeah doc, doc, don't doc don't shake. Well, he, yeah, you know, the belly might shake a little bit, but that yes. arm don't shake, baby. That's you all know? I cared about. The arm was fine. The arm was good the whole way. I'll tell you what, the uh, the ladies' competition too is very interesting because Lauren and Billy, and I, I was with them too. They, they, they were the two women that finished you know, first and second. The one who came in second, we all looked at her and like, she's like totally fine, totally yeah. unfazed the whole time. And then as soon as she got tired, it was over. She had no chance. So it was, it was awesome. I had an absolute blast. Um, and while Joe says goodnight to his daughter, I want to remind all of you too to make sure you go subscribe to the show on Audio Channel. You won't go and find Joe's video of uh, Giants Joe's Stein hoisting competition there, his victory, but you will be able to find all our interviews there. Every episode that we record, if you're catching us on Twitter, Doc's Twitch, or YouTube, you can 
Find all the audio there if you prefer listening to us. That way, that's Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, Geeks Worldwide Radio, SoundCloud, where you can find our reviews as well on Geeks Worldwide. I know, Joe, you wrote one this week. Uh, we will get to that a little bit later. But first, let's get to catching up. And boy, we both had a lot that we caught up on this week. Yeah. Why, why don't you lead us off? So I've had a couple of books that I've been dying to catch up on and finally got to. Um, first off, Punisher 5 and 6. Um, I read Daredevil this week, which we'll get to in a moment in, in what's new. And uh, yeah. that <laughs> when we had that we had that kissing moment that Zdarsky talked about. And yep. then it realized I realized so shit. I haven't read the last two issues of Punisher. So I went back and read those. And that was fucking tremendous. Yeah. Uh, Dark Spaces uh, Wildfire issue two. This is the uh, uh, Scott Snyder and uh, the Hayden Sherman uh, book. Second issue. This again fantastic great ending um die the third issue i believe comes out this week yes um and then one book that um the third again the third issue also comes out this week i bought these sort of on a whim uh because just the title of it there's something wrong with patrick todd there was something about that title like i i bet you a lot on here about like the length of titles but that mm -hmm. like there's something about it that said this this has potential and so there's a conciseness to it it's yeah it's longer yeah and, and I forgot that Ed Brisson was the, the, the writer on that. But I, so when I bought them, they just been sitting there. So I read them today and it is absolutely fantastic. I, I yeah. think it's a TLDR worthy book. Okay. You got dibs. You yeah. Got dibs. It's, it's, it's so the, again, the third issue comes out this week. That'll, I mean, I'm pretty convinced the uh, reading that I'm sure will like, boom, you know, be the decider for that, that it, that it will be, but it's it just, it's very, it's a very interesting premise um and it's it, it's it, it it's it's got some great moments of violence uh which is awesome but it's a really great twist um and really great writing so i can't wait to talk about that a little bit more but what did you catch up on my friend well i also caught up on punisher as well and so that was issue six so i believe that's the end of the first arc I, i'm not yes. necessarily keeping track but it would make sense given the development late in there but the yeah. stuff you, you you talk about how with this been it's been an awesome series we've been loving it um i know a lot of people push back because of the logo change but hey again i, I remind you for those who haven't been given to look it totally makes sense for what they're doing. I understand the social commentary surrounding it, but trust me, it makes sense for what they're doing and what they're also doing. On top of what they're doing with the character right now, it's fucking intense. Um, and it gets pretty nasty, these last couple issues too, what they, yeah. they, they've done. <laughs> um, I, I don't want to say too much to spoil it, but it's just it's been, uh, if you like Frank Castle, if you like The Punisher, pick this up when it comes out in trade form because now you're at that point where it's going to be there. Wolverine 24, I'm caught up on that one. Finish Sweet Paprika issues 11 and 12. 12 was the final issue. Um, had a nice, nice little ball you know, wrapped on it. You know, American Andolfo, great series, a lot of fun. Uh, definitely like a, a look into the female psyche too in all of it. So if you're interested in that kind of stuff, it gets a little risque too. So if you're at like a dance class for your daughter and it's a bunch of moms there and just you, maybe don't read it there. But then at yeah. home, you probably should be fine. Yeah, or sex criminals. I tried to read that book there. Do that? Nope, that didn't work. <laughs> yeah, really got to be careful with sex criminals, especially if you buy it in like if you buy the hard copies because apparently they have like Chip told us they have some really messed up shit on the uh, on the hard covers. Um, we got Ghost Rider issue six caught up on that Gunslinger Spawn issue. I believe the last issue was ten. If not eleven, like I, I'm, I'm one issue behind still on Gunslinger Spawn, but it was yeah. kind of weird because the second to last issue was what brought us up to like confirmed like oh, where the timeline was with Gunslinger Spawn, and it's brought us right up to the Scorched essentially. So there's a little bit right. more going on with all those characters than we may have realized. 
Deathstroke Inc. issue 12. Obviously, Deathstroke's kind of at the center of uh, dark, the Dark Crisis stuff right now, which I have been working to catch up on as well. But this is a little bit of a flashback. And actually, I believe Ed Brisson is writing this right now as well. And you have Dexter Soy on uh, on art line work. And obviously, Dexter Soy, one of my favorite artists out there. I cannot wait for the, is it Artists Elite? I think that that yes. company is with Kim, yeah, Cargum, yeah. John Boy's doing stuff there too. Very excited for Dexter's story though with uh, with Red Ronin. And then, so I don't know if I kept this catching up, but originally I was planning on doing a different book that I was talking about, that I'm talking about today on the show. I did unchange my mind and say I was going to be talking about a vault book. I did not say the name of it. So I wasn't wrong. However, you saved yourself. You saved yourself. Yes. I thought I was going to be talking about Devil's Red Bride today, but then as I talked to Joe, when I first told him and I was in the middle of reading it, he was he didn't realize that he's already read it and he was planning on doing it on the show. So it's one that's going to bite the dust in terms of being a TLDR book, but absolutely a TLDR worthy book. Holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. This book was tremendous. I remember, I mean, I remember talking about it when it was coming out weekly and it was one of those books where I said, I, I think I called dibs, uh, you know, and mm. you know, so there's, there's, I mean, our fucking lists right now, yeah, I mean, because we've done so many interviews and we started doing the solicits the and, and all right books that we've wanted to talk about sort of get put on hold and maybe something else pops up. Oh, we really want to talk about that. So this is one of those books that I loved, wanted to talk about and just sort of like it kind of fell, you know, to the mm -hmm. the, the bottom of the uh, pile a bit. But I absolutely love this book. I don't know how, you know, because I don't know if you've ever read Usagi or Jimbo, but there's elements of those two where you get that a lot of that sort of Japanese culture, you know, mm -hmm. in the storytelling that, that I really loved in the main character, this book, she was such a fucking badass. Um, and oh my God, the, the action, the violence. Oh my yeah. Goodness. Everything about it was tremendous. Yeah. I mean, we've talked about it before on here. Like, horror too. It had great horror elements. Yeah. yeah. Like we don't vault only puts out so many books a month. Um, similar to AWA, but slightly different fashion. It feels like, but man, they have some really, really good stories that are worth your time. Of course, the Tumnal is the one that kind of jumps to mind yeah. above us. But the one I'm talking about today is probably going to be right there for most people as well. But Devil's Red Bride, awesome stuff. Definitely must read. Definitely TLDR worthy. And I think, Joe, we need to set up an Excel doc going forward so that way we don't uh, run into issues. Because I, you're right. Because I, I, sometimes when we when we run into this after like four you know, weeks of doing interviews, which is what we just did, I get there and I'm like, oh God, like I don't have any other books. Like I'm reading a ton of stuff, but like yeah. we, I don't have anything to talk about. Like, how is this even possible? And then, and then, you know, I've had the one I'm talking about in the back of my mind for a while, but you just lose sight of things and you lose track of some of the copies that you have or whatever too. So it's just, it's a mess. We need to, we need to organize ourselves a little bit because we're, we're not going to stop doing interviews. It's um, like when you start reading good Asian, cause you forget, you know, your partner called dibs. Yeah. You just go with it. I mean, I guess I'll never forgive you for good Asian, but you, one could say we might be even right now. I think that might be fair, but well, I, I still technically read it. So I mean. <laughs> yeah, you did. This is true. And I felt, and I felt bad. And I talked about good Asian on the show, which went on to win an Eisner. So yes, we're yeah, depriving no, the people. Okay. All right. Uh, you know what? We're not even, you're right. You know what? You're still an asshole. Look at that. Now let's get to what's new. Uh, we got some Marvel books that uh, we both want to talk about this week, but I'll take everybody through what we got before you dig into uh, Daredevil, Joe. So we got the amazing, we got Amazing Spider-Man issue nine, Venom issue ten, Axe Judgment Day issue four, X-Men Red six, Edge of the Spider-Verse three, Obi-Wan five, which I read that first issue was like, meh, haven't gone back to it. Iron Man twenty three, Captain Marvel forty one, 
Predator 2, Star Wars Bounty Hunters 27, Spider-Punk 5, X-Men 92, Issue 5, nice job abbreviating, Joe, Savage Avengers 5, Miss Marvel and Venom Issue 1, where they've been doing a ton of team-ups with uh, Kamala Khan. Uh, I have a Marvel book that I want to talk about, but let's hear about Daredevil Issue 3 from you first. I mean, holy smokes, like, we, we go through the you know the initial 35 36 issue run and then we uh you know get the devil's reign event and then you start to say okay where 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 can chip take daredevil next you know where is he where is the story going to go and the first three issues of it, the, this latest run um there hasn't been a, a ton of action but there's been a lot of good just you know th- there's been a lot of setting up because what's going to come down the pike now uh is going to be I think fucking epic and where we are in the world of daredevil now is that Luke Cage is mayor and you know, Luke Cage is sort of one of those characters like the show, you know, was fine. I, you know, I don't go out of my way to read Luke Cage stuff, but what chip has done with him in this, this series, especially the devil whole devil's reign event, but this particular issue there, there is a scene where there's these two very, very powerful, uh, people who are now trying to retake over, you know, Hell's Kitchen after, you know, uh, Daredevil and Elektra had <laughs> pretty much Elektra had stolen a lot of money from them and a lot has changed. And they're trying to assert their power. And there's just this there's a scene with Luke Cage and you go, fuck, give me more of that. Wow. I want that. And so and then what's setting up with with the, just the storyline with Daredevil. And as I mentioned earlier with Punisher, and all that, it's like. Again, three issues in the first two issues, it's been a lot of sort of story building. This issue really sort of ramped that up a bit. Again, not a ton of action, but you know, that's sort of how Chip's initial run was too, right? The storytelling was just so great. You didn't need a ton of action. Hmm. But then once you got it, it was just like boom, you know, yeah. pop the restrictor plates, baby. We're going, we're going full speed. You know, it's a little bit differently when you don't when you don't have to lean on it quite that much. It's just like, yeah. slug, like it's not hitting for a you know high batting average, but the slugging percentage is absolutely there. Um, yeah. but you know what? That's that's awesome. So I am one issue behind on this one. Um, but I'm but it's been great. And I'll tell you what, Luke Cage, we see him in the Thunderbolts too, and what they're doing with him there was pretty interesting as well. Is that there's a lot I, I'm I might give Thunderbolts another look. Like I know that um that first issue like you look at that cover and it's like kind of kiddish and then it's a lot of um which hey that's fine we need stuff for you know comics for kids to get them started at a young age and everything but then it's a whole team it's like you don't really know many of the characters outside of hawkeye all that was like just america chavez that you really know that's it um but it was an interesting first issue so and if you're seeing some more promise from luke cage and daredevil i know it's different writers because i believe it's zub doing the thunderbolts but I like Luke Cage, so I, I want to see more of him. And uh, so that's that. That's great. That's good to hear. That uh, I mean, yeah. shock tips to him. When, when, when you read the issue, that. you'll know exactly what I'm talking about because you'll see it. And it you'll you'll see the panel, and it's just like, oh, and then the dialogue that follows afterwards. It's like, yes, yes, give me give me more of that. Nice. Um, now, for me, the book that I want to talk about was Midnight Suns, which I, I would think just that title in general has a lot of attention right now because of the game and everything that we're expecting later on down the line. Now, we're dealing with different characters, some similar ones, but some different ones than what we expect in the game. Um, from from this first issue, we have – it's actually explained right at the beginning. It's, it's revealed who's going to be at the center of this story. We have Wolverine 
Magic, Blade, Spirit Rider, uh, Nico Minoru, who I don't really know that well, and then Agatha Harkness. Oh, and Zoe Laveau, who's, who's kind of like the younger, the young character involved in all this, but it definitely has like an issue at this. She's at the center of the issue in this story, but Wolverine gets brought, brought around in the mix. Blade's going to take a, have a huge role too. And Spirit Rider is a character who I was introduced with that, like one-off that I talked about a while back. And I was just, it didn't really do much for me. It just, it was just this one-off thing. And it, it like, it, I don't know. It just seemed like they're trying to do an origin of the character way too fast and really can't get into knowing who this is. Um, never mind really having like a plot. So it was, um, so I, but still like the characters look and her like background as a native American, I was interested in. And this first issue, very promising. I'm not going to go and say this was a knockout, but it was very promising. I like the art. The uh, creative team on this one is Ethan Sachs and Luigi Zagaria, uh, colors by Antonio Fabella, who has a name I believe we see pop up quite often. Um, but I like magic. I like Wolverine and Blade, obviously, too. Agatha Harkness being in the mix and then Spirit Rider, too. Like that group, that core group right there is pretty promising. We're seeing a lot of stuff with Strange Academy going on here. Kind of got like apocalypse stuff, not like mutant apocalypse, but end of the world kind of things going on right now. So I don't know if this is a limited series, but. I am uh, I am interested in seeing this one into at least the second issue, but you're going to have to keep me going after that second one. It's not a guarantee that I'll go to the third. Gotcha. Gotcha. Uh, take us through DC, Joe. All right. So we have Wonder Woman 791. Uh, we have Batman, Batman, Jesus, Superman, son of Kal-El number 15. This wraps up the most recent arc. Hell of a finish. I've been enjoying the hell of this book. Um, talked about you got just, Read it. Absolutely fantastic. Uh, Batman Urban Legends 19, Batgirls number 10, uh, Jurassic League number 5, um, I Am Batman number 13, uh, Wonder Woman Worlds Without a Justice League number 1. I think this is another Dark Crisis um, mm. tie-in. Uh, we have Future State Gotham 17. We have The Flash, The Fastest Man Alive number 1. And then real quick, Batman vs. Robin number 1. So this is uh, Mark Wade is taking over for... Um, Joshua Williamson here on Robin and what I loved about Williamson's run on Robin was there wasn't a lot of bat. There was hardly any Batman. It was Robin centric and some bad family stuff. And I enjoyed the tone very much. Uh, I like how he, he sort of, you know, wrote Damien and I felt like he really understood the character. This first issue, the tone is wildly different. There's a lot of Batman. There's another sort of huge, um, huge development. Whether, but you know, is it real? Is it not? Like, it's just sure. we don't know yet. There's still there's a lot of questions left unanswered after this first issue. So I'm definitely going to read issue two, but it it doesn't have that same tone, sure. um, you know that that I very much enjoyed. But that's not to say that I didn't like it. I I did, but I want to I'm going to give this a couple of issues and see what direction it goes in before I decide that I'm going to be all on board. Let it not. breathe a little bit. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. fair. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, especially yeah, I, I can understand though. Like that's. Was worried about this kind of thing happening with this title, with with Robin, I should say, because obviously Robin himself, like that title, did right. very well. Yeah, there's 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 some questions that need to be answered because right now the Robin that we're getting in this book versus the Robin we saw through, you know, sixteen however many issues that first run was is a complete one eighty. So uh -huh. there's there's some other things that play. So if it turns out that there's some other things at play and someone is pulling, it's fine. 
But if that's how Wade is going to just write the character, I might be out. Mm, that's fair. That's fair. I, I, I cannot blame you on that front at all. Um, From Boom, we got a light week. We haven't had a, like, you know, Boom puts out, what, four, three books a week usually, but we yeah. only got one this week. This is one of their lighter weeks in a while. Uh, We got Dark Horse, Young Hellboy, Assault of Death Castle, Issue 2, Masquerade, Issue 1, Castle Full of Blackbirds, Issue 1, neither of which Joe and I were able to give a look. Um, Overwatch, New Blood, Issue 3. IDW Godzilla versus Mighty Morphin Power Rangers issue five. In the course of my move, I fell off on this, and Colin is writing this book. I, I I was enjoying this, so I might just try and seek it out when it's in trade form because it was it was fun. And I can't remember for the life of me whoever does the Batman versus TMNT um, stories. Like it was the same. I believe it's the same artist, and it's like is it Freddie Williams? I believe I couldn't tell you um, off the top of my head. Anyways, um, I was enjoying that. Dark Spaces Wildfires issue three, which you've um I actually haven't get gotten a chance to give this look. So if you want dibs, it is yours. No, get, give it a read. You'll you, okay. you'll like it. Yeah, give okay. it a read. Because obviously it's Scott and uh, and Hayden Christensen. Um <laughs> and then uh true cult but with V's and cult but with a K, uh issue two, and then Dynamite Immortal Red Sonia issue six. And then Joe AWA uh, Sacrament issue two was out this week, and I want to give what issue one a look. It's right in my alley, but I kind of play by the rule usually that if I haven't read the first issue by the time the second issue comes out, that it should be automatic dibs. I feel like that should be the way it is for both of us. So much like so now, so over the course of the two plus years now that we we've been doing this, I you know I've gotten a really good feel for books that are like. These are Nick Fryer books, right? Mm. Archangel eight, right from AWA, a hundred percent one of those books. Yeah. Uh, Sacrament, right? Uh, not quite the same, but this is this is a Nick Fryer book. Um, I wrote the review; it's up on GeeksWorldwide um, dot com. It will. Oh, sorry, it's not up yet. It will be. Yeah. It will be. Uh, we've got to put some finishing touches on it. But uh, so it's funny because we've developed a, a nice little relationship with AWA, and I was chatting brag uh and he goes and and whoever i was talking to whomever i was talking to through dm said wait till you read issue two it'll it'll knock your socks off and it absolutely did this has got you know, very much got religious elements to it um but the horror and the demons uh you know the the the, the demonic aspects of it and this is this is such a perfect nick fryer book that uh typically i would say i i'll call dibs but i won't i'll let you read it it's, All right. it's that good. I will get on it's it this good. weekend. I okay. promise I'll get on it this weekend. The next next AWA book, I'm not going to be so nice, and I'm going to no, call it yeah, that's about it. the book. But this this is a quintessential Nick Fryer book that I've been a dick enough times mm. that you know you know what now we're even for good right. Asian. All okay? right, yeah, between even. Devil's Red Bride and Sacrament. Okay, all right, yeah. fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, this this book though, I can't, I can't, like, I think. You know, a little teaser for 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 the the review, but I think my first line is: if there was ever a definition for a must read book, this is it. Wow, it's it's fantastic. Wow, God, yeah. that's awesome. It's a, the only bummer about it is that we're not going to talk about it on the show. But as we've said a million times, maybe someday we'll figure it out. But we need to do some something with the books that we love reading and both read at the same time. Got to find a space to talk. We'll about we'll find right. a holiday special for it. Yeah, something like that. Um, so. Awesome. Good, glad, really glad to hear out after the first issue that it continues to knock your knock your socks off. So I'll definitely get on that this weekend. Uh, Comicsology, we got Canary issue three. Really been enjoying this series, of course. Scott Snyder and Dan Panosian. Um, Aftershock, 
Samurai Doggy issue two. There's something wrong with Patrick Todd issue three, which you talked about off the top, catching up on those first two issues. Uh, we don't get Aftershock uh, review copies, so we won't be able to talk about that at length. The 06 Protocol issue one, which I believe we talked about in uh, one of our solicits, and I think I was interested in this one. Or you were interested in the 06 Protocol? protocol. It might have been me. I know it was me because it was, it, was it, it was very sort of James Bondish. Ah, uh, okay. Well, right. you give that a look then. I will. I will if, if if Newberry Comics has it, I will snag it. That's for okay. Sure. That's for show. Uh, Vault show. Mindset issue three and Lunar Room issue four, and then that brings us Joe to Image, which I mean, we actually one of us has read at least one of us has read every book that we have highlighted here because even Love Everlasting, which we're going to dig into, we've we've read them both. Yeah, yeah. Uh, actually, so, the first five of Love Everlasting. Excuse me. Yeah. So uh, let me let me mention the ones that we aren't going to um, mm -hmm. uh, dive into. So do a power bomb number four again. I hate the fucking title of this book, but it is awesome. It's mm -hmm. just gotten better and better and better. And this was the best issue yet. Issue four was absolutely fantastic, especially from a storytelling perspective. Um, let's see the bone. Um, Orchard uh, Mythos, which I, I seem to butcher the name of this every single time in a different way. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But the Bone Orchard Mythos, 10,000 Black Feathers, number one. This yeah. I can tell you I'm calling dibs on. Yeah, you have dibs. Yep. Right. Yep. I, well, so, again, I offer dibs on this. Like, right. let's, let's not act like, you know. <laughs> so this is Lemire and uh, Andrea uh, Sorrentino. And again, Sorrentino's are like, I happen to enjoy it, but there's some times where it gets so abstract. Like, like what was that? There was a book that they did. It was the space book and the monkeys and dogs and like oh, just, primordial, primordial. That was just like that was a little out there for me. Mm. This it's reined in a little bit, but it's got some great again great storytelling. There's some great horror vibes to it, so I enjoyed that issue very much. Again, love everlasting number two. This is written by Tom King. This is more Tom King being Tom King. It's it's. Once you get past the first issue, because the first issue is like, what the hell is going on? The subsequent issues um, yeah. make a lot more sense and, and and you sort of get into it. But it's yeah. it's definitely um, Tom King's definitely getting pretty cute, you know, yeah. with the storytelling it's, in this it's, one. It's, yeah, the sec like the second issue, like after reading the second issue, it's like, oh, OK, like, I yeah. thought, all right. But that for after the first one, it was like. I'm all about having questions afterwards and being like, wait, what the fuck just happened? All about that. We talk about all that all the time on here, especially me. But with that, it was like, huh? Like, yeah. not like, like, what did I just read? Like, I don't, I don't, I was confused. So like, that was bold. Like, I, yeah. I, I feel like you should have combined those first two issues into one, if anything. Right. Because once you get, because I think we were sent the first five, we read it. It was like, by the time you get to the film, we're like, okay, you know where it's going. It's making sense. And, and it gets, it gets a lot more fascinating as it goes on. But like, that first issue, you've really. This is a classic case of you've got to read like the first two, three issues. Yeah, before you make up your mind, you know that's a, that's a tough one. I mean, because like that art style, like it's it, like the art is like clean and everything, and it's well done. It's like all controlled and everything. Like the, I forget the, her name, but like she has her style. It's like what a Benny Ver and a Veronica kind of style. Yeah, it, it feel it feels very nineteen fifties esque. Yes, and like if that's your thing, then it's not going to be hard to stick around. But like for me, it's like. Not that it's bad again it's just like it's just not reeling me in so that was kind of difficult um but we get to the second issue it's like okay yeah this is pretty cool this is pretty wild and then it, it gets even more wild every issue after that but 
you just like that propulsion that we've talked about with Sean. Yeah, Lewis, you like, got you got to hook them, and it's and it's tough when you go yeah. sort of that. Again, abstract might not be the proper word here, but it's it's different, and so you've really got yeah. you really got to commit to the first three issues, I think, and then okay, by the time you by the time you get into four or five, you know, the end of the first arc, whatever, mm. then you're like, okay, makes sense. But with that said, we didn't mm. mean to dive into that book, and we dove in. Uh, Seven Sons, number four, uh, the least we can do, number one, uh, above snakes, uh, number three, by uh, again. Friend of the show, Sean Lewis and Hayden Sherman, not Christian, which you messed mm. up earlier. That was deliberate. Uh, Are you shitting me? <laughs> Are you shitting me? That was deliberate. Are you? Wow. I know it was deliberate. No, I don't uh, believe you. Um, you don't have to believe me. Fine. That was... <laughs> <laughs> but another great issue. Absolutely loving uh, this series. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sherman's art. Again, he's just he's just getting better and better. But with wait, that said, wait. Oh, Oh. Before we go further, the least we can do was a book that I did say that I wanted to give a look. Um, I mentioned that in this list, and I just wanted to mention lightly. It's solid. The art is it is clean. Um, the writing is solid. It just didn't do a lot for me. Like it just like it, it, I might give the second issue a look, but that's because you know we get review copies, so we have a little bit of a luxury here. But it felt like it was just more for a younger audience. That's really the only issue that I had, and not like like kids, like 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 you know little kids, but like just like maybe um i don't know like 12 like year old like that might have been more that adrian's they were shooting for if not you know obviously hey i'm sorry but it just didn't hit me in the way that i wanted to like it has potential but it's not for us right it's not that we didn't like it just not for us right it uh it happens all the time uh but we got we got three books here that we want to talk about i'm going to go first because i've um you know i've read all these but i know Mm. you haven't read this one because you're woefully behind. Yeah. Uh, but if you were if you were to read an, an issue of uh, the Silver Coin, uh, issue 14 by Pornchak uh, Bashadi, um, and I butcher his last name. I and I apologize. It's the best issue yet. Really? It's it's. You the, said that a lot recently. I gotta say. I know, awesome. man. Like this arc's been killing it. So what I love about this issue of the Silver Coin is that, I mean, typically the way you know these stories have been written is. Um, you know, we get like the first page, we get a little bit of a backstory and then we're, you know, you see the main character of that story, how they come across the coin, right? Mm. It usually happens pretty early. And then you see the downward spiral, uh, and you know, uh, as the story goes on, this is sort of, it goes backwards, but also kind of jumps like it, there's a little bit of jumping here, but it, it like, it's not confusing at all. But you don't get introduced to the coin and how you know, until the very end, and how it all unfolds by working backwards, and the storytelling that Porn Shack does here is, it's fucking brilliant, and it 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 like it's a little slow. You're trying to piece it like, and then like you get like flashes of like, oh, what the fuck is that? And then, and then when it all comes together in the end, like this was the most satisfying and most terrifying issue that I've read so wow. far. Like this arc, like the first arc um, was great. The second arc was again, I would say like the, like the first two arcs have both been really, really good. This arc has been great. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know, what would be a fun idea because we don't get to do this with like, you know, so many anthologies, I guess that we read, you know, that are at least like extremely lengthy. But it would be kind of fun at some point, when, you know, whenever I decide to pick the freaking book back up again, to go through what we what our favorite um, issues of the Silver Coin 
are like the, the, the ranking the issues. Um, yeah. Cause you love the series. And I, outside of the Lemire one, like everything I read outside of that, I loved, that was the only one that I had an issue with because of those freaking. <laughs> yeah. And I, that's the only one that feels out of place in this entire series. Like, like this, with this particular arc, there's been a common thread. There's been a little bit more mm-hmm. of uh, you know, we see that sort of weird pilgrim guy, you oh. know, uh, a little bit more, you know, in this arc. And so it's, but it's, this arc has been great. The other nice. two have been fantastic. This one has been uh, great. And I texted you the moment I finished reading it. I was like, yeah. Right. Get back on it, man. Cause I think you, you, I think you've read the first two arcs. Issue eight or issue nine is where you stop. I'm really far behind. There's no, yeah, yeah. catch the fuck up. It's yeah. absolutely fantastic. I will. I will. Um, another issue 14 that we got out though. Speaking of fantastic stuff, another issue 14 we got this week was King Spawn. And of course, written by Sean Lewis, different artists, not Javier Fernandez on this one, but still a similar style. I don't know if Javi was the, the artist on issue 13 to him. Now I like, kind of question myself a little bit. Um, but dude, like issue 13, I said it when it came out. Issue 13 was absolutely batshit. Like I, we talked, I talked about it because I think you didn't read it at the time that it came out. But that little play on words that Sean did with a character that like was revealed to spawn. And it was just like a what the fuck how did i net like who the fuck saw that coming i told right. Wes about it actually and he really appreciated that just that little word twist it's like yeah yeah, very, yeah very well done and then we get into this issue and it's like man shit's gonna get real really <laughs> fast it was a really good like follow-up from issue 13 that was absolutely nuts yeah yeah it was it was wild. And what I what I loved about this issue is that we're seeing the same story sort of unfold, but from two van you know, from two vantage points, right? Which I absolutely love because you you you've got yep. a group, you got a group of guys sort of plotting and conspiring, you know, together. And then you've got the other group that is sort of in the background. Like it's it's yep. weird, like it's like okay, no, let's not strike. Let's sort of see how this plays out, right? It was just really, it was really great to see. This is the first time, and I think a long time, where we've seen a very strategic spawn. Yeah, uh, and we've seen spawn where he's sort of a step or two ahead, mm-hmm. instead of sort of playing from you know behind, which he has like this whole series so far. Yep. So it was really great uh, to see that, and then again as things un- you know unfolded. Uh, the way this issue ended just absolutely fantastic so raven spawn has been outstanding since oh right that was that was issue 13 Mm -hmm. that was that would have been a spoiler at that point um then we have uh the artist on this by the way joe i wanted to uh, figure who that was thomas natchlik of uh magnus arts so if i butchered your last name tom i apologize but we always talk about Javi pages, right? And th- these, like, Thomas's artwork is very similar to Javier Fernandez's. There's definitely differences, but it feels very similar. And there is, you know, what Sean likes to call a Javi page in here with where the fire and everything, no. right? You know what I'm talking about? Dude, <laughs> that was, that's one of the craziest things. It's a spread. You guys will see it when you pick it up. It's fucking crackers, man. Yeah. It's so yeah. good. It's tremendous. This, King Spawn is one of the best things going right now. And I mean, we're not even touching on the stuff that's going on with Terry. A lot of potential <laughs> with that character. Huge. So it's Huge. if you if you were ever interested in reading Spawn, can't say it enough, pick up King King Spawn, give it a look. You're not going to be disappointed. Um, and it's definitely like the best storytelling that Spawn's gotten 
if not ever, like in a long time, at least. So I'm, I'm absolutely loving it. But we got to close what's new out with the finale of A Righteous Thirst Revengeance with issue 11 coming out this week. I mean, talk about satisfying endings, mm-hmm. right? So, like, when you get issue Fuck. 10, like, when you get issue 10, you're like, well, what, where the fuck is this story going to go now? And, mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. you, get, you get this issue. And it's like, what this issue is, it's a perfect epilogue. Right? Yes. And, That's a great call. And it was just so satisfying because we get a lot of information in this book that we just didn't have for the entire series. Mm-hmm. And it could have been very easily done where we had this information woven in throughout the issues as the story. But I think that would have actually taken away the fact that we were just given so so little information, but yet given so much at the same time. Like this, this is one of those books that is, again, we talked about what it's like. I don't know what it is about it, but it, it pulled me in right from the get go. And it was moment. It was very little dialogue. It was a, it was a visually just fantastic book. Lots of violence. I mean, it told great. You know, the storytelling was was done primarily through the art. And then as we got through the later ep, you know later issues, we got a little bit more story, but we still didn't have any real background. Very mm-hmm. little background yeah. of what was. And then and then to get it all at once in this issue, and then have it end the way it did. I think it was just brilliant. Absolutely. This is a must-read series. If you've never really picked up indie comics before, give this one a look because it's going to be a fast read, and you're just going to realize, wow, there's a lot. There's just like like that was very simple, and it was like nice shot, open shut, and you're right, Joe. It moves at a breakneck pace. I mean, that was the biggest thing that really jumped out to us. It's like, I mean, just since we're getting the review copies, it's like we got to give this a look every week just because there's just you, you can get through it so fast, you can squeeze this in, you know, as we're trying to get ready for what's new. Um, but the this last issue. This doesn't mean a whole hell of a lot. It was definitely the slowest issue of them all, but I still wouldn't call it slow. It moved at a more even pace, I would say, this time. And because, like you said, it's an epilogue, and because we're getting so much information, it felt perfect. Like, everything about it. And then you you have an idea what's kind of going to happen in the course of it all, but there's this one like bit of information that you find out what it leads to motive, you know, you knew there was motivation for another character to kind of step in and everything, but there's another detail you find out and it's like, wow, man. Yeah, it was, this is, I've talked about it, you know, like reading Grimm. I said, I'm putting this on my short list for uh, book of the year. Um, I think Mm. we, we came up with our guidelines. I look back, the first issue of this came out in October of yep, 2021 yeah. so it makes the list i mean this is going to get heavy consideration from me for book of the year joe did we say september or october i think we cutoff? decided october was the yeah cut. that's october like three because okay it's like three issues and especially if it's like this one ended up being 11 issues long but if it's a continuing series or something like that like okay a vast majority like 75 percent of the book was this year Right. Yeah, so especially this- for something like this. Yes, yeah, where it ends yeah. this year, yeah, all that. Yeah, it totally makes sense. But yeah, it's it's definitely got to be on both our short lists. No question yeah. about it. But that is it for what's new. And uh, we got a midnight episode today, everybody. So that means that uh, the show does not end here, believe it or not. Joe actually has a book that he's going to be talking about that I've been waiting to hear from you on for a while now. Yeah, yeah, and we're getting so this we're on issue mainline issue number sixty six. We're ever so close to mainline issue sixty nine, 
Nice. 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 Is, wait, but, we should have called this one Order 66. That was a yo, fuck. You'll have to put that in the show notes, right? When mm-hmm. you title it on the on the socials. Follow us on you know Apple Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere you listen to your podcasts. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> this week I am talking about Time Before Time, written by uh Declan Shelvey and Roy McConville. Friend of the show, our- Declan Shelvey. Friend of the show, Declan Shelvey. Yes, and we mentioned this book a little bit on when we had him on. Um, but art by Joe Palmer, colors by Crystal Halloran, and letters by Hassan Atsame um, Ahalu. I hopefully I didn't butcher that too bad. I apologize. Um, and this is from Image Comics. And so I read this is one of those books where again, like it's been in my pile. It's a you know, you know, when we when we do the show, whenever we talk about what's new and this book comes out, I always highlight it in blue because I want to read it, just haven't gotten around to it yet. So having Declan on the show was the perfect opportune time. It was the perfect opportune time uh to to read it. So I read the first arc in prep in preparing for that interview and I absolutely loved it. Um, so synopsis, uh, the year is 2140 and to escape a world with no future, many turn to the syndicate, a criminal organization who for the right price will smuggle you back in time to a better life. After working for the syndicate for years, Tatsu and Oscar decide to steal one of their own boss's time machines, but soon find out that one thing you can't run from is your past. So this is something that we joked about because we had Declan on to talk about old dog and that had some you know mm-hmm. uh you know time travel kind of stuff you know in it coming out this month coming out this month you're gonna want to read that and so this is this is all very heavy on the time travel and so it's like you gotta think for for time travel don't you so one of the things about you know books or movies or shows that deal with time travel it can get a little wonky this was one of the things to discuss when we talk about paper girls right there's a lot of time travel stuff there was some some moments where it got a little and then it, it kind it came back together again what Declan does here with this book uh, is great because you know exactly where you are. Cause you know, usually on going across several panels, he'll have the year, you know, that you're currently in. And so uh, you never really get lost or confused. So um, as far as sci-fi stuff goes, time travel stuff goes, I think, I think Declan does a really good job at, at handling that and keeping the reader, um, you know, sort of, in the proper place and time. And so it's currently 16 issues. Uh, the third trade will drop in November um, on the 19th. Uh, sorry, on November 9th, I should say. And this, this is a, this is a very fascinating book. And I, and, and, and it, again, this is one of the highest praises I can give a book. And I, and I say it a lot. It reads fast mm. because immediately you sort of get, you get pulled in and there's some right. moments where it can get a little meta, um, but not in a confusing like, huh? Do I need to go back and like, like with uh, Love Everlasting? I, I think we read that first issue like four times. Yeah, like, what the is going on here? Right, yep. like that's not the case here. Right, it's it's meta in the sense where you start to see some characters in one issue and then you see them again. And like, oh, and then oh fuck, you know when when you're reading it, you sort of like holy shit like that like that kind of you know stuff that we're talking about here and so what what i love about it is the initial premise you know of the sense of the syndicate is this crime organization and for you know a large sum of money you can you know it says live you know go to lead a better life but um at least you know from what i've read it's not people wanting a better life it is people you know 
needing a different life. They've got it. They've got to get away, whether it's like this life sucks. I can't live here. This is, you know, and, and one of the, one of the things I loved was in the first issue there in the year 21, right, whatever. And they go back to 1983 mm-hmm. and it's a mother and it's a kid. And so Tat, you know, uh, Tatsu, who's one of the main characters, he's sitting down there and he's sort of telling them, all right, here's the deal. This is your new place. Bop, 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 bop. And the kid goes, what's the Wi-Fi password? And he's ah. like, Wi-Fi hasn't been invented. It's not going to be invented for another 20 years. And the kid loses his shit. It's fantastic yelling at his mother. It was like, it was perfect because like, this is one of those things where like you mm-hmm. and I, we remember a day and age where internet was in its infancy. Definitely didn't have Wi-Fi. You know, I remember I didn't get my first freaking cell phone until I was a freshman in college. Right. Like I will yeah. never have any idea what, you know, a Nokia phone is, let alone. Wait, a what was phone. your first cell phone? Um, what was my first cell? It was a Sony something. It was silver. It wasn't like I remember everyone had those clunky ass Nokia phones. I had uh, I can't remember exactly what it was. Okay. Well, I but- had you may not remember mine. Mine was a juke and it was like this tiny, thin little thing. Like I'm t- like you can see if you're watching right now, you can see how big your poor it was. Fiance. Your poor and fiance. It was it, it was this big. Now it flipped up. It, it was a grower. So it would come right up and be about <laughs> this tall. So it would have gotten the job done, but it was so it was really thin. It was really yeah. weird. Um, yeah. 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 So time. yeah, it was it was a brick, it was a brick phone, right? But mm-hmm. it was smaller than like the Nokia's because those things were were freaking massive. And then I had a Blackberry for a while, and then the iPhones came out, and that that sort of changed it. But like mm-hmm. this is the this is the stuff, right? Like you go back to like 1980, you know, whatever, and it's like the shit just doesn't exist. And I just no. that was it was freaking hysterical. But you've got like people like you've got, you know whether it's you know pedophiles or murderers or people who are about to get locked up and go to jail say i got to get out of here and like this guy Todd, he's he's whether he likes or not he's got to transport him he's got to take him away and so like these these time jumps you know doing this job for the syndicate because he's he's there he's paying off a debt of his own so he's Uh. he's stuck and these time jumps just like they're 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 physically tolling you know just making him sick he kicks the crap out he's like I, I you know he, you know he he's trying to talk his buddy oscar and say listen let's let's just can steal one of these pods let's let's get out of here. i'm sick of doing this i can't do this for the rest of my life because even though he has a debt to pay off guess what they're never really gonna let him out of it right uh-huh. so it's one of those things and so like the plotting and how that comes together and then of course like when the big moment comes this is all in the first issue so i'm not you know yeah uh you know when 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 the moment comes it's one of those oh hey uh oscar you know the boss needs to see you and so okay they gotta you know put off their plans until until later and then you know uh tatsu goes off and does his job and comes back and then you know he's like the boss needs to see see and he's like uh something happened with oscar and you're thinking like Mm. Did they, you know, did they find out like what's going on? And then uh, you see Oscar and he's like a thousand years old and he's like dying. He's on his deathbed. Oh, and so like he went on this job. It went bad. Seven years had gone by. And so like, this is where like that meta whole meta time, you know, mm. travel thing gets weird. And then so now Oscar's like, I mean, uh, Todd's like, you know, screw this. I've got to get out of here. He attempts to steal a pod. And then we get introduced to another character and that's where the story really takes off. And, you know, through the first arc, 
you know, the time, you know, the the time jumps that happen and the story, you know, where Declan takes the story is is really fun. And you and and again, you can have some fun with time traveling. So you can mm-hmm. see characters at different points in time and 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 sort of see them from different angles. And again, he does a really Declan does a really good job of not making, you know, uh this confusing and and you always kind of know where you stand and the twists and turns that happen uh, along the way. It's like, if you're, you know, if you're a sci-fi fan, you know, um, and this is like, just, it's just a great, perfect sci-fi book for, for, for the, you know, not just for the sci-fi fan, but I think for any, any, you know, indie, you know, comic book reader, because the characters and their backstories, um, you know, we're all fascinating and we're still learning more about, you know, Tatsu, who's the main character. Um, and you know, it's just, I read it, I instantly fell in love with it. And I think anyone who picks up this first issue, like when we talk about all the time, you want to read that first issue. And at the end of it, you want to get your hands on that second issue. Yeah. ASAP, and that's exactly what this book does. Yeah. So then it did a job, and then can you deliver from there? I remember you like this is like been a long running joke on the show where it's like someone told you that you were gonna like this, you were gonna want to give it a look, and then somehow it just always got put to the back burner. Who, yeah. Do you remember who was it? Was it? It was. I, um. It was. Um. Is it Freddie? No, 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 no. It wasn't Freddie. It was. Um. Oh, this is gonna be bad. You don't like getting uh, put on the spot. I know this. No, no, no. Um, um, oh, it was it was my guys over at the bright side chat. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, they yeah. were right. They were absolutely, they were absolutely right. DJ. And it was, um, he was, you know, he's like, you got to read this. It was, it was actually really good. And I remember they talked about it on the on the bright side, and um, I said, okay, perfect. Because usually, usually when they recommend something. I'm going to, I'm going to give it a go. And, and again, it's this and that Texas blood. Those are the two books that I've been dying to read. I just, Oh, that's a, yeah. Okay. Cause you know. I was thinking, I said that a while ago, like one of us needs to give that Texas blood a look. Cause that was a hundred percent. Again, yeah. that's a Jacob Phillips joint. Uh, if it I'm is. Not mistaken. Um, it's that that's going to be a first come first serve. Whoever kind of gets to it first. Mm. Uh, Cause yeah. I've heard fantastic things, but, but this know. sounds great. This sounds great. It yeah. sounds like a show, not a movie. This no, this would be a great show. Yeah, there's there's way too much going on for you to condense this into a movie, you know. And doing part one, part two, you can't. You, they, you just unless it's Dune or Star Wars or Star Trek or you know, Mario. Like you, you know, if if you can't tell a tight story within two two and a half hours, it's going to be tough. Like TV's the way, and this is a perfect uh, like because you can almost have this quantum leap kind of feel to it. But you've got this like massive conspiracy and you've got, you know, crime syndicates and you've got, you know, you've got you've got these two massive factions just, you know, in this, you know, millennia long sort of battle that you see at different points in time. And uh, it's just it's so good. And then it's just the other thing. As I, as I kept saying, you know, you know, Declan does this. Declan does that. Well, it's also Rory McConville. Right. You know, sure. it's. I think that's a, a, a you know something spectacular about this book. We talked about this with with Jenny yeah, Zero. Yeah, that's right. It's yeah. written by two different people, but it feels like one voice, mm-hmm. right? And I think what Declan said was, you know, Rory's actually the one, and I should be giving Rory more of the credit mm-hmm. uh, because if I if I remember correctly from the interview, you know, Rory actually does a lot of the outlining, does a lot of the script writing. Declan's go, okay, let's you know, and he kind of you know puts some flair and 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 you know Moves, puts yeah. some, mm-hmm. you know moves things around so. 
it's just <clears throat> again it's a great sci-fi book it's it it's got a lot of time travel it gets a little meta but all in like the perfect ways possible without going what where the fuck it because that that can happen right yeah and uh, primordial is an example that i kept going right. where, where the hell is this 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 going so um the art also right uh is fantastic so everything about this book is just a, an a plus home run awesome i'm i'm all in on this especially after having talked to declan and hearing you guys talk about it a little bit i'm, I'm very interested in giving this one a go um glad you finally got to give it a look yeah now, a book that I want to talk about is definitely on the other end of the spectrum in terms of like timeline stuff, um, approach, and everything like that. And it's a book that I've talked about in here for a while. And it's Barbaric from Vault Comics, um, written by Michael Morisi, art by Nathan Gooden, colors by Addison Duke, and letters by Jim Campbell. The first arc only had three issues. Um, in the title of that one, I didn't realize this initially. I just thought it was just going to be Barbaric, but they have a title for each arc. Like, I guess most do that, but they, they're kind of making it more prominent with Barbaric. Um, this is Murderable Offenses, the first arc. The second arc is Axe to Grind, and that is also only going to be three issues. And then we also got a one-off in the course of things uh, in between the two, which was called Harvest Blades, which I loved, loved, loved Harvest Blades. Um, I've really enjoyed this series in general, and I did, I think when I first read it, because I've since gone back through it to give it a look. It's a bit, you can go and buy it on Comixology. It's not there for Unlimited. Um, but I wanted to, I first read it and I was like, there was all this hype around it. And I was like, okay, this is good. Like it's out, it's fun and everything. But sometimes I run into issues when people are like, oh, this is so bad or, oh, this is so good. And I'm always like, it can't be as bad or as good as you're making it out to be. Like there's too many people on it this way. It's like, it's just, I got annoyed. Uh, I, I get annoyed, excuse me. That said, I still like this. And then as I went along, I was like, okay, this is good. I think it's TLDR worthy, and I think it's good. Um, then I then when Harvest Blades came back, I was like, oh, shit. I really got to revisit this because Harvest Blades kicked ass. Then I read the first issue of Axe to Grind, and I was like, yeah, this thing fucking slaps. Like this, The, the hype was there, and I was just like being a little bit like, – like I can be sometimes. Sometimes I'm wrong <laughs> when I get negative like that. And uh, Murderable Offenses, that, the first arc is awesome. So – the synopsis for the first issue of Barbaric, Owen the Barbarian has been cursed to do good with what remains of his life. His bloodthirsty weapon, Axe, with an E, because there are two ways to spell Axe, uh, apparently, has been his moral compass with a drinking problem. Together, they wander the realm, foredoomed to help any who seek assistance. But there is one thing Owen hates more than a life with rules. Witches, specifically riches, witches. Um, welcome, couldn't help it. Welcome to the skull cracking, blood splattering, mayhem loving comic. Brave enough to ask, how can a man sworn to do good do so much violence? Um, I'll tell you what, like, th like that's the thing with this series. Like, if if you like, how did I how did I jot this down? If you like reading a book where it's more about hanging out with characters. Like I, I hesitate to say character development because that is an important thing. We talk about it a ton, like great character writers and everything like that. Like, you know, we talk about chip with that a lot. Um, and this is good character writing, but the difference is it feels more like I'm kind of in is Skyrim. Like would that fall under RPG? Cause I'm yes. Right. So RP, if you, th this is not, it's not exactly that, but 
it's kind of close to replicating that where it feels like we're doing some side mission stuff that's leading to a bigger thing, but it's really more about getting to know this character and having some fun in the course of it all. And just, this has better dialogue than those RPGs. Um, so I mentioned, we mentioned Owen, we mentioned Axe, and then we have Soren, who's the witch that they allude to, uh, who you meet a little bit later in the first issue. I'll get back to her in a second. But so we kind of, I talked about Owen's curse a little bit. You, you get this in the first issue with this only being three issues though. I don't want to like dig too deep into specifics, but basically he, yes, he gets this curse, um, but it's by his own choosing technically um and now it's like okay you've been violent you've been an asshole you've basically just been like killing people and having sex and drinking that's it like i think there's actually like a like a series like a, a spread where he just like talks like i just been fucking and drinking fucking fighting and drinking i think is all he does um but now he's got to do it nice. for good got to do the, the violence has to be for good otherwise he's going to hell and you know he's gonna have to deal with all the people that he sent there um which then leads to the axe um, that he we did see before he was cursed. Like and again, that was very brief. Like when we get the origin, but we see the axe like not alive, but now, but then primarily he is alive. And basically, the axe is the one that is the one deciding whether or not he can kill somebody, whether or not they've done something bad, whether or not they've done something bad enough that he's going to kill that that Owen can go and kill them. And the whole thing about the drinking problem is Axe, who's pretty much just a jackass in general, gets drunk off of blood. And every time, so like, we, you know how a lot of times where people will make comments about like when characters are fighting in comics and it's like you have this like banter going back and forth. And it's like, you don't do this when you're fighting, especially not when like you're throwing the punch. It might be right afterwards when like you're taking a second. Like Axe is talking as things are happening and he, he kind of doesn't have control of what's going on. So it makes sense. And he's like, Oh, this blood is so fucking good. Or like, Oh my God, this thing's absolutely rancid. Fuck these guys. What is this shit? So it's Axe is the best character in the series. Bar none. Like no questions asked. Um, Owen's cool and everything. Don't get me wrong. And Soren, who's the witch that Owen and Axe like happen upon in the first issue, they kind of form a partnership with, and she sticks with them. We don't, she's not in harvest blade. Um, because that's a story that precedes her, like crossing paths with Owen and Axe. That was really cool though, too. I'm not going to get into that one, but that's a one-off. So if, if that comes out with the second arc, great. If not, I would try and seek that one out. So maybe a little roll of dice there, but she's a witch. Necromancy is her specialty. We absolutely see that on full display in the first issue. Uh, I'm sorry, more so in the second and in, in third issue, but the first arc, um, and the second arc's ongoing right now. Um, the, the the art so like you know talk about having fun talking about the goofiness in, in in the story because that's really the big thing for me i think and all this like axe is so fucking funny i talk about slugging percentage before like every time he's like chiming in in a conversation it's just like it, 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 he gets it like he knows how to like grind owen's gears knows how to make me chuckle a little bit um but when it comes to the art dude like you, you for those who are watching our stream right now, you can you can see some of the covers. You see Soren, you see Owen, and you see uh, Axe. And just looking at Axe alone right there, that's a pretty good representation of what you're going to get. You have this like badass looking Axe. You have these two cool looking characters, and then there's a lot of blood, a lot of guns. Yeah. And like the weird thing is though, the way I would like. 
when I think of when I think of Gooden's like like pen, like line art style, it's like got a like a harsh fluidity to it is I think the best way to put it because like you look at Owen and like there like there's a grit to him, but then at the same time like there's just like like the, his his action is so like natural and everything and you see characters getting like sliced in half and like every which way a lot of beheadings blood squirting around everywhere so that's kind of where that fluidity comes like into as well so it's just it's a crazy mix there um really enjoyed everything that this series has to offer and i mentioned too like like how it's more about kind of hanging out with these characters and like doing like the first arcs kind of like introducing the characters in a, like a side quest. The second one seems to be of more importance, but still kind of a side quest too. Obviously Harvest Blades was a one-off. So it was more about, I think planting a seed for something that's going to happen later, but there was a seed planted in the first issue that leads me to believe like there's a bigger thing that's going on and we're kind of just working our way up to it, but we're just, it's just not front of mind because you're so focused on what's going on with Owen, what's going on with X and Soren as well. So I, like fun characters, a fun concept too with Axe. And and I think they've been, you know, I, I think Gooden's art has been great. And same with Addison Duke's colors. And then Maurice's just been knocking it out of the park. It, from a plot standpoint, it's been good. But from a dialogue standpoint, it's been top notch. Yeah, that's the thing that stuck out with me when, you know, when this book was first announced. And I remember there was a lot of hype on Twitter. And then seeing it on the shelves at the comic book store and you called dibs on this pretty early and yeah that, that, that was wicked smack uh but the art in this is wild i mean i would i would like i would call it over the top but not in like an over like i would not i would not say in a bad way and i wouldn't even mm-hmm. say in like an over exact exaggerated way either right like you look at owen you look at axe and yeah there's like you know there's just there's something about it it's it's aggressive but like yeah in that perfect fantasy comic book style you know yeah. that you want and i think that that enhances you know uh the violence you see like the covers like the artists that they've gotten to do so like there are some absolutely fantastic covers you know for this series some are you know over the top you know just blood and muscles and just gore and all that and there's i can't remember who did the it's on the instagram post that i posted earlier but no it wasn't Sealy. Sealy's done all like the the black uh you know black bag uh covers with all the with all the nudity no it's Mm -hmm. uh it's um it's uh, it's almost this photorealistic um cover where you know you've got axe and then you see owen's face like through the mouth of axe um oh. flip flip through it's you'll know when you see it it's absolutely fantastic but that's that's what i you know like this book it's like the art is what grabbed me right from the get-go i haven't read it but like just from wanting to read it seeing it on the shelf um and and seeing all the stuff on it about twitter like this this is a book i definitely want to read the art is like all in on it because it's just that great classic like over exaggerated you know, uh, fantasy style art. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and, and I know, and obviously going off what the question that we always ask too, like with, with, you know, movies, show, all that kind of stuff. I think this would be better fitted as a show just because I think you could have some, yeah. like, a lot of fun with this character. But I also think Joe too, we don't talk about this a whole hell of a lot, but video game for this character too. Like he'd need a, he oh. needs a lot more like in, like, maybe you need the show yeah. first. 
but I think like with Axe, like you could have like like this could be something that people could really sink their teeth into as a video game. Yeah. And I'd want this to be an animated show, not a live action show. Yes, I'd prefer that. Um, and yeah, video yeah game, man, just think again, thinking invincible. Like if you go and have like maybe not as glossy with the art, but how violent they're able to get there. This like barbaric yeah. would bring that similar kind of style to it. And then again, actually, just like I can't say it enough over and over. Like this character is a, a great concept, and they get it done right. So like, that what, that overall know? design, yeah, yeah, it's it's original. It's fantastic. Yes. Yeah. yeah, this is the perfect amount of outrageousness, I think, in this story. Um, all right, so now normally we would do in a mainline episode, we would do a failed superheroes club, but we are pushing it on time because we did go on a little long in uh, in what's new. So we have one in the uh, in the um, in reserve, but we'll save that for another time. But if you haven't already, the League of Regrettable Superheroes by John Morris, fun book, uh, definitely like a not coffee coffee book uh coffee table book size but definitely you could put on a coffee table if you have one if you don't have a coffee table go buy one and then put one on it but um and we're not shills for john morris either but it's a it's a good book anyways uh joe mainline maybe next week right that's what we're thinking uh yeah yes, i yeah, think so i think so because then i'll be off for a week so we that's got right. we got we got some fingers and some pies Yes, absolutely. But uh, either way, make sure it's a good reason to subscribe to the audio channel so that way you know you get everything from us. You're not going to miss a darn thing. But either way, Joe, until next week, stay sexy. You know it. I like Nick's just like, I'm out. All right, we're yeah. done. <laughs>